This is episode number 136 with our guest, Mike Parlante. Uh, but then everything changes when you have a child uh, that's not healthy, right? So did it change our relationship for the worse? Not necessarily, but did it put a strain on it? Yes. But what it did for me, which which um, I, I admit to, is I ran from the situation. Tell me about that. I had this child, right? And I, I wasn't sure how to add value. I didn't know how to help my wife. And I thought the only way, because she was so committed to just getting answers, was to make money. You know, So I would constantly fill up my calendar with work-related stuff, with real estate-related stuff, and not necessarily be there. Uh, I'd be a provider, right, financially. But that was... I could have done a much better job of being there to be a counterpart and have my wife's back through the, the first five years of, of our son. If I had to do it over again, I would have been there more in a supportive way. Um, and then I also would have taken the steps to be more engaged with my son during that period of time. I thought I didn't have the answers to to how to help. So what did I do? I just pretended I was so busy um, you got this, babe, you know, uh, I'll be back. Mm. And I would constantly fill out my calendar because I was fearful of being in the house and not knowing how to contribute. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah. I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, so good to have you joining us for this episode. Question for you. How do you deal with the absolute unexpected, the unthought of falling into your lap as your new reality? That's the question that our guest today had to ponder and really ask for himself it's Mike Parlante, and growing up, he was a go-getter, he was a sports star, he parlayed that into a wonderfully professional and lucrative career for himself, met the woman of his dreams, they saw their future bright, he was continuing to work hard, to provide, to be the best person and the best husband that he could be. Then the two decided to try for their first child. After a few short days of the birth of their son, Michael, they realized something was terribly wrong. Today, Michael is an 11-year-old boy with a rare neuromuscular disease. Mike's son, Michael, is on the autism spectrum. He's legally blind. And every day, you can imagine, is a challenge. So how do you deal with this? 
from that day one new reality. Well, you'll hear, Mike admittedly was not sure how to deal with it. He dove a little bit deeper into his work, thought that if he could just provide the financial stability, everything would work out okay. No matter what your current reality is, it puts everything into perspective. This is truly one of my favorite, favorite conversations. It's genuine. It's thoughtful. It's full of heart. By the way, as you'll hear, this interview took place during the inaugural PodMax event. It's a full-day event created by On Air Brands for entrepreneurs and business people to get their message out in a big way by being interviewed and sitting down as a guest with some of the biggest podcasts in their industry. If this sounds like something you'd like to do to quickly and efficiently get your own message out to the masses through podcasts, apply to be part of the next PodMax event happening soon by visiting podmax.co. Now, here's my interview with Mike Parlante. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owners, turn your smartphone into a cash register. PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy way to get paid in store, and they deliver the same security and trust PayPal is known for online, in person even if you're a cash-only business. With PayPal QR codes, you can accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. There's no additional hardware or software needed. Generate your unique QR code from the PayPal app and display it on your device or print it to display in store. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app. You only need your smartphone. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Hey there, thanks for tuning in as we continue our live broadcast uh, from the PodMax event, the Eric Cabral created event with the On Air Brands team. I love it. This is the series we're doing. And joining me now, we have an incredible guy, Mike Parlante. What's going on? What is up? Do you I, love this experience? I think this is incredibly unique, genius. Uh, and really feel privileged to not just be on your show, Josh, but be part of this whole thing. This is cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, um, for, for the part there. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of genius to this event mm -hmm. as well. What do you find genius about it? For anybody who needs to get their brand or message out there, podcasts level the playing field for you and give you some instant credibility. And it doesn't make a difference what what that message is. Uh, at the same time, this is like a variety show. There is a whole <laughs> bunch of different things going on here and a bunch of different people with incredible skill sets other than mine. So I, I just think it's cool and creative to learn what they're doing. Uh, I'm especially excited about this particular podcast, Josh, just because it's different than some of the others where they might be a little bit more focused on you know, the assets and the, the, the cash flow and everything else, which is incredibly interesting. But uh, I love taking a deeper dive and, and getting personal. 
Well, that's what exactly we're going to do. Before we do, though, I um, I love that you called this a variety show. <laughs> uh, so much truth to that. Um, I love. Um, I, I love. First of all, I love variety shows. Right? Like, sure. W- w- what are we talking about? The Gong Show. The Gong, the gong Show is original. That could be the. That's Wait. that's probably the flagship, right? I think they say that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's America's Got Talent. Uh, yeah, I guess years prior. Now the now the modern ones. There's a bunch of them, but yeah. the Gong Show is what I would say is probably the yeah. OG. Yeah. And and this does have that feeling. I, I really appreciate that. I also love the creative aspect of things and the collaboration aspect of things. Yeah. I think I, I get very bogged down sometimes with what my day-to-day workflow is. So I, I think one way, um, and I, I force myself to, or I expose myself to, other things and different ways of thinking purposely so I don't have a, you know, a, a wacky way of looking at, at the world. So doing this is really cool because it's important for me to think differently and it's important for me to learn and it's important for me to take other people's perspective and God, I, I can learn so much from just doing these things once in a while. You have a, a few businesses you have, um, for lack of a better word, you have a day job, a nine to five, and then you have some, I don't know if I want to call them side hustles, however you classify them. But do you find yourself identifying with the role of entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I do have a nine to five. I've been in the orthodontic industry for 18 years. Um, for 11 of those years, I have invested actively and passively in real estate as well. Um, I've only sold a few of the properties, so I'm a buy and hold type of of uh, uh, of investor. Um, I've invested in a couple different syndications, some large apartment complexes, uh, as well as uh, hospitality hotels, and I actively manage uh, single family homes and small multi units in in the South Jersey area. What do you do in your um, orthodontics career? Yep. So uh, I've, I've been the executive vice president of a company called Mid-Atlantic Ortho for the last 10 years. That company actually was acquired just about five months ago now. So uh, my new role is director of business development for a company. Um, and I still am very busy, 40 hours a week, but with systems and delegations, I'm still and partnerships on the, the real estate and the other uh, the other projects that I'm working on. It allows me to, most importantly, still have time for my family, still be a good husband and father, uh, and strive to be better each day, as well as grow these cash flow projects, uh, real estate and uh, IP related, and work full time. Let's talk about the husband and father role. Sure. Because I know that that's where we can really dive deep into. You find yourself really, really getting those roles right today, as I understand, but not always the case. No, no, not at all. Tell me what it was like. Yeah. So uh, I have two sons, my wife and I, my wife, uh, Jen, and I, I have been married for 15 years now. And uh, we have two boys, Christian, who is seven, and then Michael, who's 11. And Michael's disabled. Uh, He's got a a really rare neuromuscular disease or syndrome, however the doctors want to classify it. 
Uh, he's legally blind. Uh, he's on the autism spectrum. So, you know, when Michael was born, um, it really threw us for a loop. You know, we your firstborn, firstborn. You know, we had uh, we had friends. Everybody's having babies. Everybody's healthy, and all of a sudden, we have our child who's not healthy. Only um, discovered upon birth. My wife said she knew within the first few days that something was wrong. Of the pregnancy? No. Oh. No. Of from the birth? Him, from him being born. Okay, so in the pregnancy, normal? In the pregnancy, no normal. No signs of anything? 100% normal. Okay. Yeah. So the first few days, your wife says, yeah. Yeah, she, you know, his head's not turning. His head's just turning. He's just positioned one way. That's odd. And we would pick up other babies, and they would feel real tight and, mm. and, and he was just kind of mm. floppy. Um, and, and at first it was, uh, possibly cerebral palsy. Then long story short with a few different misdiagnoses, wow. fast forward to when he's like two or three and he's, and he's just undiagnosed neuromuscular syndrome that affects tissues and muscles and orthopedic, uh, related, um, syndromes as well as vision and, um, and developmental. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at that point, um, we, my wife was 110% committed to just finding every possible solution to help them. You know, it's one thing to have a child that's ill or a child that has, something wrong. It's another when the best doctors in the world don't know exactly what the child has, right? So there's a lot of confusion and, and heartbreak and, um, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, right? Like how, you know, why, why did this happen? And there were some tough, tough times, especially in those first few years where we weren't getting the answers. We had access to the best physicians Mm. in the country. Wow. Uh, but, one syndrome would turn into another symptom to another symptom and 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 that's all you know that's all that we focused on let's leave that story there for a moment prior to the birth of your child what kind of a person slash husband were you yeah so um person i was always an ambitious guy i started to you know out of college i got a job right away and every, everybody thought pharmaceutical sales was very sexy i got happened to get a, a job right away in medical sales and uh and i never was a good student i was like you know i wasn't even i went to community college barely and then went to uh rowan university i took an easy major the only thing i really just became natural was presentations and i figured maybe i'll just get a sales a sales job and and it turned into be a very good move and i wound up uh, doing very well at a very young age so to me i i had that that I was granted that wish of success. You were a good salesman? I was a good salesman. Was that a surprise or you knew as growing up and a yeah, I young mean, adult, I, you're I, like, oh, I, I was sales. comfortable. I was comfortable getting in front of people. I was comfortable getting no. I was comfortable of... Uh, How does that happen? How do you get comfortable being told no? Because I know that that's such a, a block for a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to constantly psych yourself up, uh, but you... You, you need to know 
that every interaction is a, a stepping stone and a building block to a, a win. And you you learn from every no. Why didn't I add enough value to that conversation? You have to really be hard on yourself and think, what could I have done better? What was missed? And it just comes down to persistence and forming relationships and adding value to whatever you're doing. And I was able to break through, get past some gatekeepers and establish really good, strong relationships with the doctors that were our clients. So you were ambitious, a, a good salesman, you have a good career now, and you meet the woman who becomes your wife, and now you're a husband yep. at the top of your game at this point? Doing pretty, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing pretty good. I mean, it looks good. Uh, it looks good from the outside, and it feels good on the inside, and uh, we don't have any children yet, so I, we, we, she's working, I'm working, we got the house, we got the things going on. You're a power couple. We're, like. we're, we're, we're going on vacations, and uh, it, 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 if I look back, I said that, that we did pretty good there, right? Hmm. So, uh, but then everything changes when you have a child uh, that's not healthy, right? So did it change our relationship for the worse? Not necessarily, but did it put a strain on it? Yes. But what it did for me, which which um, I, I, I admit to, um, is I ran from the situation. Tell me about that. I had this child, right? And I, I wasn't sure how to add value. I didn't know how to help my wife. And I thought the only way, because she was so committed to just getting answers, was to make money. You know, So I would constantly fill up my calendar with work-related stuff, with real estate-related stuff, and not necessarily be there. Mm. Uh, I'd be a provider, right, financially. But um, that was... I could have done a much better job of being there to be a counterpart and have my wife's back through the the, the first the first the first five years of uh, of our son, and um, and I if I had to do it over again I would have I would have been there more in a supportive way, um, and then I also would have taken the steps to be more engaged with my son during that period of time. I thought I didn't have the answers to to how to help. So what did I do? I just pretended I was so busy with work, with real estate that, um, you got this babe, you know, I'll be back. Hmm. And I would constantly fill out my calendar because I was fearful of being in the house and not knowing how to contribute. And it, 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 it it was in line, from what I can tell, with your life prior to the birth. You mm -hmm. were ambitious. You were successful. You were a go-getter. So you were just continuing that identity within that circumstance, but knowing better the whole time whether you allowed yourself to realize it. In those first five years to your admission there, was were there times that you quietly took for yourself and, and, and either broke down or admitted to yourself, oh, this isn't, this isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, in the back of my mind, I would just know that I wasn't happy to the extent I should be. I wasn't doing the things that my, that I, my core values told me were the most important and the most meaningful. And one thing that what, so we were going to Chicago quite a bit 
for a procedure that he had to do mm. every three months. Um, wow. And during one of the first visits, the nurse at the Shriners Hospital said to us, you know, why don't you check into the Ronald McDonald house rather than staying at a hotel every time and save yourself money? So uh, Ronald McDonald house does a tremendous job of putting families up and feeding them when they are staying in, you know, so it was awesome. So I'm, I'm, my wife, Jen, and I are staying in this place while Michael's in the hospital. And I said, well, we should go volunteer at the one in Philly when we go back. I mean, this is incredible. Mm. And I remember three months passed, we're back in Chicago, and I never even thought about volunteering. So it was because I, in my mind, I was too busy, right? I was... Uh, too busy to do any of that stuff, right? And I and I and it was a it was right then when I said, all right, well, um, it was a low point, and I said, I'm going to begin to put things in place so I can say and do this, like I can do what I say I I am, which is I want to be the best husband and father that I possibly could be, but I got to actually take the action steps to do it. That's called integrity. Uh, yeah, and intention, right? Intention, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and up until that point, it was bullshit, right? Up until that point, I said, I'm all of these things, but I wasn't doing what I was saying. So, um, I, I made a, a conscious effort to put systems in place, delegation, um, absolutely made more time to get out of my comfort zone and spend much more time caring for my, my child and, um, being supportive of my, of my wife and purposely block now not now I'm not filling up my calendar with work things I'm filling up my calendar with things that are more family related or community based related mm. that I can then at the end of the weekend feel good about and uh, have a clear head and just and that's that's the more important thing in life to me yeah that's that's exactly what I was going to confirm isn't that the whole point is and too many I'm sure to to the person listening we we all have our version of whether we have uh, a child disabled healthy or not we will find our own reasons to put all of this in place to avoid whatever our version of that is and yeah. we'll just overwork ourselves and keep it busy right but that on you know to some could look no I'm just I'm just an achiever I'm a go-getter this is what I got to do but there's a level of avoidance there Oh, it is. And you're running away, right? So I, I was running away. Um, I was purposely blocking feelings so that I didn't have to confront them. And, um, and I even thought I, I even was able to convince myself that I was doing the right things at those times. Like, hey, I can't, I can't, I got to work. You know, I can't, mm. I can't do this. What do you want me to do? I got to work. That was that was the wrong way uh, of thinking. It was, uh, and I and I'm happy that I realized it, right? So that I could shift, and it's still a work in progress. You know, I still have to make sure that I commit the time and 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 make sure that those core values are always at the top of the list. What are these core values? Um, well, I mean, the core values that I, that I have that I always wanted to, to instill in myself and my family are, um, one family first, you know, because they're always going to be there for you. Right. Um, two, 
find the humor in things every single day. I think that's very critical, especially when you're dealing with serious, serious issues like health. And uh, uh, if you can laugh every day, it'll make that day go by a lot faster. I mean, I have... I've, I've, I've taken that core value from my father, who happens to be uh, a stand-up comedian at, <laughs> at the age of 72. What, he? you mean he, 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 he now took that on? He retired at 65 and does stand-up comedy and has been doing it for seven years now. Where, where? All over. Yeah. He's even done it in Poland. <laughs> he does it all over South Jersey, Philadelphia. I love that story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's he's a he's a character. What did he retire from? The furniture business. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I'll tell you a story. With, yeah. This is how. So, my 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 mom and him went away on a cruise. Isn't that always <laughs> how it, the story starts? They went away on a cruise, and they uh, she comes back and she goes, "Hey, your father entered an amateur night on the cruise." I go, "Yeah, what do he do?" She said, "Stand up comedy." I go. Was he any good? Because he wasn't bad. He actually seems like he rehearsed a little bit. I was going to say, that's not something you can just, you know, get up and do. Like, no. Yeah. And wow. Then they live in this over 55 community. And sure enough, a couple months later, she says he entered this stand-up comedy thing, or he stand- entered a talent show, and it was stand-up comedy. And so at a big Philadelphia comedy club called Helium, they have a, a class that you can take for $600, and a professional comedian teaches you the art of it. Oh, great. And my sister and I split this as a Christmas gift for him, and he wound up taking it immediately, and he's been doing it ever since. Yeah. What, and I imagine you've seen him perform? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. What kind of, like, who is he most like? What kind Jeez. of Jeez. I mean, if I had to compare him to anybody, it probably would be, like, David Brenner. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't even know yeah. how many of your audience members will know who that is. <laughs> Uh, but not dirty, yeah. you know, he, he, he does do some shows with people that do dirty, but not him. And, and he's 72. He's 72 years old. What's one of your favorite jokes of his? He makes fun of the 55 community a lot. Like, uh, he's, he's got one that's like, if you, I think it's like, if you don't see the trash cans down by the curb at like six o'clock at night, then you might as well just call the ambulance like that person's. <laughs> and then you'll see a, a, a Century 21 sign on their lawn. <laughs> Something along those lines. That's yeah, great. Yeah. I don't try to repeat what he says. Of because course. I'll mess up the joke. and It's, yeah. it's not for us to do. No, it's, no, he's no. the professional. But to get back to core values, you know, finding the humor and things every day, I think is such an important thing to remind yourself and do because it can make the day go way smoother and who doesn't like to laugh, right? What was life like growing up for you? Um, I was a, you know, growing up for me was, I, I, was, I was like a, not a misfit, but definitely like the class clown. Um, a lot yeah. of it, a lot, yeah, 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 I know. I was always messing around. Um, I didn't have like a lot of direction. I played some sports, but once I got into high school, even though my grades were okay, I didn't care that much about college. I didn't know exactly if I was going to go away to college when everybody else was preparing for SATs and preparing for, um, you know, college tours. That, for some reason, wasn't a main focus of mine. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, what was? 
I guess if anything, it was just socializing and, and playing sports. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, I always worked. I worked from really ninth grade on, whether it was in restaurants. Um, I liked hospitality. I, I always enjoyed being around people. It was probably my most – like I don't like being home alone. I like having people around. I feel much more comfortable when I'm around a bunch of people. Uh, that's that's a lot different than you know my wife. She's she's cool with being by herself. So I was always surrounding myself socially with tons of people, all different types. You know, whether kids that played sports or kids that that messed around and smoked weed, it didn't make a difference. I hung around with everybody. And then by the time I graduated, I worked full time as a bartender. Went to community college for a couple of years. Wound up going to Rowan University, graduating with a degree in marketing, and then went into to sales. But growing up was uh, it was happy. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, yeah. So you going back to your your current life? Um, you have a second child. Mm-hmm. You have two children. Two boys. What was the conversation like? deciding, choosing to have another child? Yeah, that's a great question because we put that off for a very long time. One, because we had no clue why or how Michael became the way he did. Was it genetic? Was it something that we were running the risk of doing a second time? Uh, And we decided to roll the dice. We thought that it was very important for him to have a sibling. Um, We knew that uh, because... And he's, he's on the spectrum. So we knew that because he um, has these developmental issues, possibly has some issues forming friendships. So why not, you know, have a, a sibling? And we're ultimately happy that we made that decision. And, and our second son is healthy. Yeah, but we had to really contemplate that. That was something we gave a lot of consideration to. And there were many years, because there's a six-year difference five year five and a half year difference there were were, there were there were a good two or three years where we're we're not having another child so we decided to and i'm 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 blessed that we had a healthy child through through the original original years as a father you said you you faked being happy Mm -hmm. tell me about that Um, well, every day was uh, a big day in regards to business, whether it was real estate or the orthodontic world or creating products to launch. And um, I associated the success that I was having in those areas with happiness, right? So if things were going good at work, I felt pretty good. But ultimately, I knew I wasn't devoted and spending as much time as I needed to on the more meaningful things, the family. So, um, it's like, you you know, you look on people's Facebook pages and you see one thing, right. And you're like, huh. Um, and I've been guilty of comparing and it, it, it's just like a rabbit hole to go down. Right. It's terrible. It's horrible. Oh my God. Um, you can't do that. Uh, but, more importantly, but, yeah. you have to be honest with yourself and talk about what you're you're really doing, and it, does it align with your 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 core values? And it wasn't, so I had to make changes to still have those 
businesses run, but make sure that most importantly, I was there much more for the family. How do we get, we all have our own version of feeling that situations are happening to us versus for us. How do, how did you get from one to the other? How did you, you know, basically find the acceptance of the situation? Yes. And of your, your life, your world. Yeah. Well, you know, when you spend so much time in hospitals, um, even the Ronald McDonald house, there'd be families that were there for mm. year, like they'd be there for like months at a time. You, you realize, and like, let's just give you a situation. I remember talking to a parent where the, the mom was there and the child was maybe three or four and there was like the second bout of leukemia and there was like a good chance that child wasn't going to make it. So I'm thinking, talking to her. We have no right to feel sorry for ourselves, right? We have no right to – people have it way worse. It puts things in perspective. I also think now that we've been able to get through 11 years, we've learned a lot that we can share with other parents that might be going through very, very difficult things. And uh, in doing that, it brings brings – us some comfort and we network with other parents that have children going through other, you know, other issues. We were in parent groups um, and <clears throat> we're very strong advocates for uh, making the accommodations for children with disabilities and the education system. So we work with attorneys that uh, know the laws and we work with advocates that know the, the laws and the, the, the school systems to make sure that these children that have disabilities but have the intellect can still perform and get the education that they need. So we've found channels to focus on that um, make us feel really good. And then um, – and then at the end of the day, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of thing. You know, it's, it, it's really, it's really nice to look back and have certain wins. Like, so if he begins to tie his shoe, like that's a huge thing for us. Right. You know, which is, he just recently learned how to do at 11 and a half, right. you know, he's doing like to us, that's like big. Um, and then also surrounding ourselves with other people that are in similar situations and getting him involved in activities that he may not be able to do in regular capacity, but uh, like he's in a challenger basketball league, right? So we get to meet other parents. He gets to have some freedom. He feels good. He's not necessarily able to go play basketball with the, you know, the regular township league, but he can do this. Those are the things that um, – help us in uh, feeling good about our situation and um, bringing us back to reality uh, and not feeling sorry for ourselves. Which is huge. Yeah. I, I understand that. Um, I, I personally found myself playing the victim yeah. role for so long to the point where I didn't even realize it was a thing until as I was crawling myself out of this role, um, I heard it that uh, it's a thing where you can play the victim. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I've been doing that. Yeah, and I, I man, it, it's easy to do, and and I and I don't necessarily, I'm not uh, immune to that anymore. Mm -hmm. There, but I, I'm able to kind of like snap out of it, 
which is that's that's really the thing. Yeah. I um I talk a lot about my my life today, which for decades was was nothing like this, you know, depressed, miserable, angry, frustrated, uh, seeking approval, all of those negative traits. Now that I'm living a more healthy lifestyle, it's not 100% this. Like you said, it's certainly going to be ups and downs, but the win is catching it as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. acknowledging it, and then moving on from it. Yeah, Ex- it, right, and accepting it too. Yeah. I think a lot of times I would just like push it down or- mm. Who knows? Drink my way out of it. I was going to say so. That, so yeah, drinking yeah. was a thing. Yeah, hard work and full calendar, but also some alcohol. Absol- absolutely, yeah. And a lot of the stuff that the that I'm trying to do is not just related to building a bunch of wealth. It's it has to do with building a bunch of like health and you know hap- you know healthy habits and great networks and and going back to like this event here. It's like a tribe of. Um, people that are inspiring, but also just good role models to be around, you know? So, um, the, the messages that I'm trying to put out there now aren't necessarily, this is why you should invest in real estate, or this is why you should, uh, invest in IP or do this. It's more along the lines, like those are good. You should take control of your, your, your financial situation so that you have, the ability to spend your time the way you want to, but also do these other things, you know, good, healthy habits, go to bed early, wake yes. up, or exercise, um, you know, communication and, you know, friendships and, and putting things on the calendar that are, that are important. What are some of the daily habits and rituals you have in place? You listed a few, but yeah. what are, what are some good ones? Yeah. So I get up at four 30 every day. Let's talk. Let's start there for yeah. a moment. Um, I, in my unhealthy decades of life, I wore the label of night owl with pride. Uh. I stayed up all night because that's, you know, now I'm alone. Everybody's asleep. You don't bother. I'll do what I want. There's no, you know, no shame or guilt because who sees it Mm -hmm. except yourself. So you can indulge in whatever you want, however you want with no pushback. Um, and then when I started crawling out of this and I realized that any successful person I want to emulate, one thing... God, they all get up early. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, there's got to be something there. So today I get up at six, which I know that there's a whole other uh, people, yourself included, my goodness. Uh, so you get up at 4.30? Every day. Even on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, now, that, yes, that I know true. Yeah. Yes. Even on Saturdays. Seven days a week you have to, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And you know what? Maybe it extends to five o'clock once in a while, but <laughs> but most of the time it is 4.30, and a lot of times my eyes open up maybe 4.20 or 4.15 even. What time, Depending, f- what time I fall asleep? Yeah. Um, so we, I read, we both read to the boys around 8.30, and there's a good chance that I could even doze off in one of their beds, yeah. and then- I purposely take my contacts out before I read yeah. and brush my teeth because if I do fall asleep there, I just wake up and go into my bed and fall asleep the rest of the night. That's if cool. not, I mean, there's sometimes I stay up until 11, but most of the time it's like 10 o'clock. The latest. Yeah. 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 And 11 to 4.30 isn't really enough sleep, but it's not too routine that I do that. Right. So you're up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what do I do? Well, yeah, but also you have, you have a, it, that's deliberate because it's your own time, right? Yeah. So, you know, in our house, it, it's, we haven't mastered the, the children, meaning they have 
he, you know, there's a dynamic with um, my son's issues that wake, like when he wakes up, it's not the best, right? So sometimes it is, but there's a lot of challenges, right? You know, it's like you have to, he's got to brace on for his scoliosis. You have to, he wants it off. You got to take it off. You have to, just getting him ready for school is a shit show. So knowing that, I could either wait until they wake up and then it's like a shotgun start and running around. There you go. But knowing that he they they're good until six forty five, that's when they get up. I I'll get up at four thirty, um, put the coffee on, drink water. Always do either podcast or read, even for twenty minutes. Some some stretching, like then I'll answer like just some busy emails or even do bills sometimes, just to like free my head up so that when the day does start, I'm good to go, and I feel a little bit more at peace. That's great. So a uh, healthy mind, body, spirit, yeah. all of it. And I work out, but uh, you have to. probably at three, three or four days a week. Yeah, mm. that's good. You, you strike me as someone, um, especially from everything we've spoken about, you got, you got your stuff together, especially today. You're, you're confident. Was that always the case? No, and it's not always the case now either. Right. Um, but I'm committed to f- being resourceful and asking for help when I need to and uh, sur- just trying to be around others that uh, are, are good examples and uh, know that I don't always have the answers. But um, I'm resourceful enough, right, that I can at least present confidently. Uh, and um, I try not to do too much. Uh, I try to just stay in my lane, um, and it's part of my my philosophy, even with investing, is to collaborate with operators that are best in their assets. Not try to learn those assets and uh, team up with them so that they do what they do very well, and I can do what I do very well, and still not add to my to do list. Hmm. My brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, was founded on the premise that I spent a lifetime hiding uh-huh. behind fear and using that as an excuse to do or not do whatever had to be done. Uh, can you tell us about a time when you found yourself overcome with fear and you knew you can go in one of two directions there, but you went properly forward? Yeah. Um, I probably would have to revert back to that time in Chicago because I knew everything that I presented to the outside world was B- BS, right? Mm. So- um, It was your first admission, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, that, that really was the time where I said to myself that I wasn't doing everything that I said I was doing and I really wasn't happy, right? So- um, that and it was and I was I I probably was very fearful at that point because I didn't know exactly how to take the steps to begin delegating and put systems in place, but I was at least committed to it, or I was at least bugged out enough that I was going to get some get some answers. And it wasn't like oh, light switch went off and now everything like next day yeah. we're good to go. Now now I took control of my life. It was like a good year year and a half of you know investigating different CRMs and different uh, property management software and hiring people that could do some of the stuff that I was doing. 
um, and messing up along the way, like not not hiring or managing people well. Uh, but I was committed to like doing it, and and even there's even points now where I'm like, geez, I got a lot of stuff on the calendar, but uh, I'm at a much better place with handling it. And that's the key when you said uh, going forward, not knowing what might come of it and being okay with, I'm going to mess up at times. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps so many of us not making any move. We don't, we don't want to quote unquote mess up. We mm -hmm. think that that's the definitive. Now that becomes our identity and who we are. When in fact, that's what you need to do in order to progress. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. The, um, wow, there's just so much here. Trying to look back on this, this conversation we've, we've been having here for the person listening, taking notes, what, what are we coherently saying? What's the message here? <clears throat> um, well, you really need to define what's going to make you happy and feel good and, and look at the end, like, do you want to look back and say, I, I made a positive impact on everybody's lives that I've, I've touched, or was I just preoccupied, mm. selfish, and uh, not focused on the most important things? Um, and if you can answer, answer that question confidently with a yes, then keep it up. Um, be committed to always improving if, if you're if you're doing good things. And then if you're not, um, make changes. Make yeah. changes. I know for both of us, my children played the pivotal role of helping me to see a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. I was um, I was the child in that circle of three there. And I realized I, I can't continue to be that person with them watching. Yeah. They represent everything that I only wish I was growing up and as a child and they are, and I'm not going to mess that up. So I, it's what forced me to take the responsibility and they've become my why, just like I know yours are your why. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. The, uh, and, and this segues right into the final question. I will leave you with this final question. Mike Parlante. How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a great husband and father. That's it. Good. I have a very similar answer. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. I like this. I like you. Incredible dialogue. Thank you yeah, for coming on, awesome. opening yes, up, really, showing up. Really looking forward to this, and I appreciate the way you construct these podcasts. It's 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 different. It's unique, and keep doing it because it's 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 interesting, and I love listening to them. Well, I appreciate that. Hopefully, you'll love listening back to this one included. Yes. Yes. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks again, Mike. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.